The Dow hit a record high. Steady. The economy. Oh, we got your back, Jack. Make a great plan, man. Oh, real McCoy, Troy. Our three cents for free. The options to pick, Nick. You need to discuss much. You got the key, KC, in exit strategy. Welcome to Our Three Cents. I'm Troy Harmon here with Casey Smith and Nick Antonucci. And uh, we want to talk to you, as always, about uh, good business planning, as Casey likes to say. It's uh, actually about exit strategy, business valuation, and various other topics all related to small business ownership. And uh, today we want to talk a little about uh, intangibles. It's, uh, you know, we've mentioned them multiple times on the previous podcasts. Um, You know, most recently we talked about how the banks don't like to loan against intangible assets. So Nick, what is an intangible asset? Well, you know, it can be defined by a number of different things, but just as an easy real life example, right? Take Coca-Cola, for instance. Sure. What is their biggest asset? It's their brand, their right? Brand, it's the yeah. secret formula. It's it's intellectual property. It's you not know, something that you can physically touch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that's so unique, you know, Coca-Cola is often considered like the world's biggest litterer. Uh, environmental uh, associations don't like them much, but mainly because their brand, the shape of that bottle, plastic, glass or otherwise, is so unique that it, you know, everyone knows where it came from. If it were just a straight, ugly bottle, uh, yeah, you know, it wouldn't it, be getting blamed for as much. Exactly. And yeah. and that truly is an intangible. A brand that they've built often around just that shape of a bottle uh, is an intangible. Basically, yeah, that makes up a significant portion of the value of Coca-Cola. Right? Yeah. And, you know, there's, right. there's some value, obviously, in their property and plant and equipment and, you know, the, the inventory well, and all of that. But yeah. And similarly, McDonald's, right? Yeah, McDonald's, they just thing. make hamburgers. Right. Right. Just yeah, like what anyone really, else can go in and make tangible assets are not yeah. very much. You know, it's, it's the it's their process. It's the, yeah. yeah. Well, Nick and I do a lot of business valuation, and and uh, you know, there's three methods. The, the one that we talk about here is kind of the asset valuation. Asset based valuation often is the absolute lowest number when you go digging through, uh, especially a, a private business, a small business, uh, not publicly traded, and uh, a, a big portion of that is because those intangibles don't even make it to the balance sheet. Right. It, you know, it, it might include things like How do customer, you value it is yeah, the problem, a, a right? A customer list. Uh, you know, it's um, basically the way that I describe it is if I had a $10,000 truck and I was generating $100,000 a year with that $10,000 truck and did an asset-based valuation, assuming that the truck had maybe $5,000 worth of liability or a debt against it, I've got a five thousand dollar business, business right. that generates a hundred thousand dollars. There's no way. Yeah, no that one's going to go works. sell that business for five five thousand dollars. If I'm if I'm the owner right. of that truck, I wouldn't you know trade that yeah. that cash flow stream of yeah. hundred thousand dollars per year right for five thousand dollars. So let's let's break it down a little further. Then what, what sure. exactly are the components of the intangibles? And and you know, we we can probably introduce another. Uh, Another letter of the alphabet. You know, oh, hold on, hold on. Here we we've go. Talked a lot we on we know show. everyone's tired of the five Ds, the five right? Five Ds, yeah. Which so are which are. Well, I'll just put uh, yeah. you on the spot. I wrote oh, them down, no. so I cheated. Death, uh, death, divorce, divorce, disability, yeah, and 
Uh, oh, it's two more. Disagreement. Disagreement. And distress. 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 Not dismemberment. Hey, <laughs> we didn't go there this time. We well, didn't we, this time. we didn't until KC did. Right. Yeah. Always got to throw in dismemberment. <laughs> I don't well, know we might why. as well just make it six at this point. <laughs> That's right. That's why right. Not? In our minds. Yeah. But but the the uh, the the next letter of the alphabet that we can introduce is the is the letter C. I feel like Sesame How about Street. That? Yeah. Um, Brought but, uh, to you by. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got uh, there's four C's and they they all are the same word as effectively. It's capital. Right. So there's different types of capital that make up the intangibles and it's it's uh, human capital, customer capital, structural capital, and social capital. Um, and and those different components kind of comprise the 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 intangible value of a business which you know we can kind of talk and we we may have future shows kind of breaking these down a little bit further but um you know obviously human capital those are your those are your employees yeah right? sure your, the your, talent the skills yep the 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 uh knowledge also that's kind of comprised inside that that institutional knowledge to some extent of of those employees and what they bring to the table and and i think it's easy to um ignore something like this the human capital if you're a business owner because a lot of times we deal with small businesses and and oftentimes it's you know an owner operator one owner operator where they retain so much of the knowledge and of the business, the relationships, things like that, that they they what's, what's are the business worth without, without them. Exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. There's so much risk in if if that if something happened to that person, um, you know, the value of the business can can decrease substantially. Right. And we we yeah. talked about this on a previous episode about um, you know kind of de-risking the business through right. through um, separating the owner from a lot of those processes and, and yeah. getting making it less owner-centric. Right, yeah, um, the key is, person. You, exactly. you don't want to have to rely on yourself too much. It makes it really hard to do a business exit if uh, if you can't grow the business to the point where it's bigger than just you. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. you want to have a, a knowledgeable team, a deep, you know, kind of bench of, of future individuals that can run the business, yeah. have the knowledge, have the customer relationships, things like that. Yeah. Um, the, ne- the next one is customer capital. Customer also capital. Also pretty, pretty obvious, but you know, can't, can't have a business unless you have some customers in some right. form or another. So um, pretty, pretty straightforward there. Um, yeah, but you, know, you talk about customers, and, and is it better to have one big customer that provides you lots and lots of income, revenue? Or, or is it actually better to have multiples, you know, yeah, kind yeah, of fractured diversification you of your yeah. customer yeah. customer base. Right. Once yeah. again, concentration risk yeah. where something adverse happens to your one biggest customer and the implications and, for your business and your future revenue stream yeah. um, is, is impacted considerably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you are, it, it quite often a business will start like that where it's got one, you know, major client that it uh, relies on but in reality you should always work to diversify your income stream yeah and i think it's it's worth noting in the customer capital discussion troy when we talk to a lot of service-based industries we often ask them you know how are your relationships with um with your customers your suppliers things like that and you know they may say oh they're very strong i've known this guy for 30 years but what is the relationship like with everyone else at the company? Right. Yeah. Because is, is it strictly you that has a relationship? Is are, are these customers speaking with other members of the team of the business um, so that they feel comfortable? Should they, ha- you know, find themselves in a right. situation where they have to interact with someone else in the business? Are those 
ties that strong where if you're gone, then they're like, oh, on, on to the next. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, there's a lot of these are, are sort of interrelated. You know, that goes back to human capital a little bit. Yeah, sure. Making sure that there's diversified, you know, num- people that deal with those customers. And yeah. also those need to power. be transferable relationships for the business Absolutely. to, to yeah, exactly. maintain the value. And then there's another level you can talk about contracts. Yep. Contracts with your customers. If you have, uh, you know, long locked up, Nick, we run into this from time to time as well. And quite often businesses, especially small businesses, don't try to tie their uh, their customers to a contract for a longer term. And, right. and a lot of times it's just piecemeal, you know, by the job type work. So, right. um those contracts are an intangible asset yep. if you have them. They're exactly. not going to be on the books, but they have value to the business. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So the the next one is structural capital. Um, that one is a, a little bit a little bit more uh, not quite as as intuitive, I guess. Just sure. because it's it's talking about things like your your policies, your processes and procedures, the things that that you have in place to um, to promote. Yeah, you know. Uh, the operations of the business sure. that make the operations work and, and flow and right. um, a lot of intellectual property, things like that. Exactly. And there's a lot of businesses that, you know, just kind of run based on the, the owner or, or the, the founders of the company and kind of what they, what they do on a daily basis. And again, it kind of comes back to that owner centric concept of sure. if, if the owner's not there and they have all the knowledge about how to operate the business, then, right. then what do you have left? It's not much. Yeah. And a lot of times in previous episodes, we've talked about if there's processes and procedures, are they documented? Exactly. Yeah. And that is a huge piece of the structural capital is being able to, uh, you know, have those written down and someone else be able to come in and, and pick up that process. If yeah. that's, if, if your process is unique to your business, um, that is a core intangible asset for you, and it Absolutely. needs to be able to to transfer generation generation with and, and the business. And we're talking about about exit planning here, which which to bring up Troy's an opening statement. You know, this just good business makes good business sense to think about exit planning because all of these things are things that you can do to try to you know de risk your business, which just makes sense from an, an operating standpoint. But those are things that a potential buyer is going to want to have in place. You know, sure. they're going to want to have written, documented policies and processes and procedures and all of this stuff written down so that it is transferable. Because sure. ultimately, what is value unless you can transfer it on to someone else? Well, um, and and one of the major pieces is kind of an overlay to all of this when it comes to to uh, you know the value of the business. What goods a procedure, a process without training and the ability and quite often even a uh, you know a written process on how you train a new employee right. to fit into the process the procedure right. the whole operation i mean uh, a, a training program yeah. is another one That's of those intangibles for sure well, and the last one is something that, that we already hit on a little bit, social capital, and that does include things like branding. Um, and it also includes um, culture. You know, what is the culture of the company? Which, which I think, you know, speaking of company culture, if you were to look back 15 years ago, I don't feel like there was such an emphasis on no. company culture as there is now. Um, as you know, the the boomers have start have left the workforce. It's more of like a millennial. Uh, I think you're right, but I think it's also a uh, you know th- there were definitely very strong corporate cultures and company cultures. You know, if you think about like GE, that's uh, true. And, and maybe maybe the, the correct way to say it is 
the focus is changing in yeah. terms of culture. Yeah, for sure. You see in publicly traded companies this concept of ESG, exactly. environmental, very social, much a, and governance. Yeah. Uh, governance is always one of those absolute solid things. And some of the things that we're talking about here are, are governance related. But, you know, when, when it comes to the S in ESG, it's social. Yeah. And, uh, you know, things like the, the very first of these, your, your uh, employee yeah. uh, base, they don't even like calling employees employees now it's associates or you know, team partners, members or, team, yeah, yeah. They, they've gotten away from certain words that have now become a bit of a negative i, I think maybe you're a little Troy. bit I, well i <laughs> if i talk very much i'm sure i would be but uh the reality is um you know whatever you call it you need to treat people like you would want to be treated exactly you know yeah. and and uh, you know it, it benefits you immensely not trying to be the man or the woman who is the business and you know lay off some of the some of the the power and and ability to make decisions and whatnot to to other people but anyway nick back to your uh, detail it's the s and esg that a lot of these relate to Sure. Yeah. And really all that we've just talked about, those those four C's and the different types of capital and the, the intangibles, all this comes down to really the institutional knowledge uh, is what we're talking about. That's ultimately whether it's intellectual property or it's policies and procedures and uh, or even the the employees, team members, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. See, uh, careful. <laughs> Look all... beyond the hard assets, the physical assets of the business. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Really it, think about what it is. That... Well, I mean, that's, uh, I was going to say an intangible is, uh, you know, I've heard accounting professors say it's anything you can't kick, but I guess you could kick an employee. Is that, <laughs> you could. It's probably could. not that really. That, that goes back to the culture <laughs> thing, I believe. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Probably not a best practice. Right? I, w- I would think maybe not. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess well, that's why you got to have them. your HR policies documented. <laughs> hey, that is very true. Yeah. I mean, the thing of it is, there's a, there's a lot of these, and it really does make a difference in the value of a business, and uh, obviously in the operations of a business. And like I said, you can uh, a lot of this you learned in kindergarten how you treat people, but you didn't learn to write it down. So uh, that's right. you know, having a written policy, having written procedures, and even a training program can be very valuable. But um, you know, the other things like patents and you know things that set your business apart and are protected, of yeah. course. So you have to legally protect a patent or a copyright. Uh, if they get infringed upon, you, yeah. it's useless unless you do. Uh, I mean, some of those, all, all of those are, are built into these components. You know, the the copyrights and, and patents and things like that are protecting uh, the intellectual property or protecting the brand or, or what have you. Right. So, sure. um, all of these things, it, it comes down to, again, just good, makes good business sense to uh, try to to evaluate each of these areas of your business and make sure that they're protected and there's things in place to uh, to de-risk and ultimately that's going to lead to a better successful exit. Um, but it's also just a better way to run your business right day. So exactly. So if you have questions on this or anything else when it comes to small business, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at Hensler Financial. The phone number is 770-429-9166. Again. I'm Troy Harmon with Nick Antonucci and Casey Smith, and we appreciate you listening to Our Three Cents. You just need to commence, gents. Make a great plan, man. A real McCoy, Troy. Our Three Cents for free.
All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.